0: Let's
1: Jay and welcome to the Strategic Ladies Mindful Media Show. Our show is always going to give you guys useful information about relationships with a generational perspective. We're airing live on Thursdays from the Netherlands at 8 p.m. CST, 11 a.m. PST, 1 p.m. CST, and 2 p.m. EST.
2: Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Estella, and how are you? Welcome again to the Strategic Ladies Radio Show. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to our Mindful Media Journal. This is going out in the next couple of weeks where it gives you information on your mind, body, and spirit, and it keeps you aligned. You'll also find that information on how to subscribe on the Strategic Ladies website at strategicladies.com. So welcome again, and Jay, how are you today? Mindful check-in.
1: You know, I'm doing really good. Um, I feel blessed to be healthy and, um, just enjoying the, the fall coming because, you know, my favorite holidays are all in the fall and the winter. So I'm already starting to decorate like a crazy person. How about you, Dr. E?
2: And she's not, she's not
1: lying. Crazy person. (laughs) (laughs) Naturally thinks she's crazy because
2: they don't decorate at all. So it's good. (laughs) I've done the same. I put one little pumpkin out there, actually now two, and people are staring at my house. It's funny. It's like they're like, and I'm like, if you would only go to the U.S., you would see so many pumpkins and everything, witches. So, yeah, it's really, I'm doing really good. You know, I'm I'm blessed to be healthy. I'm blessed to have family, a lovely daughter like her, Jay. And so it's, it's, um, we're all good. We're all good. We're all good. So today we're going to be uh, having a discussion, and we have a guest today, Jan Vetter, and I have to make sure I'm saying his name right. Uh, he's going to be on today, um, and he's he's a musician, and he's with the band called Over Hate, and uh, he uh, he's going to talk about the Love Festival, music festival, the Wave of Love Festival that's uh, going on this in the next year. I think it's twenty twenty one. Okay. So. Uh, wanted to bring him on, but before we talk about that, it is uh, Mental Health Month, and um, the World Health Organization, it really has uh, October 10th as Mental Health Day, and it really is, um, I mean, what do you think, Jay, with all that's going on, I bet there's a lot of people suffering right now, or, you know, just from depression, and Isolation. I
1: know, you know, I've seen so many different posts um, just from um, looking on social media, as well as friends that are discussing. You know, um, you know, doing check-ins, which I think is really um, thoughtful. Doing check-ins just so that um, people can express how they're feeling right now, because you know we're, we've embarked on something that we've not really, I mean, in you know, this, since I've been alive, experience in the sense of. Um the way that um the political atmosphere in America, especially in America, the political atmosphere um we you know as well as this um you know as some call it the pandemic or the pandemic that's going on um it's really affecting a lot of people's mental health and it's um and something that you know is nothing to be ashamed of but should be discussed
2: yeah it's <clears throat> interesting because too, a lot of people suffer from mental health anyway. Issues and you know, one thing I'll tell you: if you you are suffering from that, it's okay not to be okay, right? It's okay, and I think that that was a great thing about, you know, rec- recognizing this, making sure people know it's okay not to be okay. But when all this other stuff is compounding on coming you know, all this stuff happening in the world, it just makes people <clears throat> a little bit more um, susceptible to to, to to you know being depressed and all those things. But there are some things that I looked up and. Things that you can do to to really work on your mental health. And 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 I'm fortunate enough to be in a corporation where we're recognizing it. And I did a um, kindness meditation, loving kindness meditation, as well as a blog to help people feel better. But there was an article out that that there are 10 things that you can do for your mental health. And I think, Jay, you're aware of those as well. Um, Yes. Yes. So the first thing (laughs) you want to be the first one you want me to go. You go matter. first, I'll go next. Okay, the first thing is to uh, value yourself. And um, that means really treating yourself with kindness and respect. You know, before you can give love and kindness, you have to experience it yourself. And many times we don't love ourselves and we don't know how to. And um, the practice of meditation and micro meditation really can help you do that. Um, it makes you, you know. May I be blessed? May I be thankful? May I be healthy? May I be happy? You know, making those wishes for yourself really helps improve yourself, uh, your self awareness and about yourself and um, your value. So just make sure you take some time for yourself, and that's one of the things they say to do in this article, which came from Psychology Today. Make sure you you know value yourself. Do do a daily crossword puzzle. Do things that make you happy. Plan a book. Okay.
1: I definitely think value yourself is very important. And, you know, I, I find that um, it, it's funny, these things, you know, you look at the things that are good for mental health, the things I'm trying to take, taking note of what things that I do do on a daily basis. And I think that I do try to focus on um, doing some of these things because I feel it's important to your, you know, your overall well-being. The second one is, Take care of your body, you know, um, eat nutritious meals, avoid cigarettes, tobacco, drink plenty of water. I mean, we can all, I mean, I know that I can always improve on that. I've like finally cut uh, any soda out of my diet, which has been, was a miracle for myself at all. (laughs) Exercise, get enough sleep. Um, And that's another thing I know that um, Javis can work on, getting enough sleep. What do you think, Dr.
2: I totally agree. No, you know, it's interesting. I saw a show where they were doing water testing, <laughs> water tasting rather. Tasting, oh, I was like, oh, like, uh, and actually, they did the water testing too. It was, um, Zach Efron's show. If you ever watched oh, yeah. it, it was a good little show about how, um, they do some things. But interesting enough, you know, there's qualities of water, and we, you know there's qualities of of good water and bad water, and they're right in your backyard. You don't have to go far to find them. Of course, there's some that are just really exclusive that are really, really good have a lot of minerals. But water is so good for you, so I agree, yeah. (laughs) The other one is surround yourself with good people. Amen.
1: I mean, I'm all about that. Um, I I, I mean, I know, you know, for myself, it says, like, you know, strong family, social connections. I am very... um, Particular about who I let into my circle. I think I'm just one of those people. Um, just because I feel that that energy, you know, is it's definitely important to keep good energy around yourself and make sure that you're not being drained. Yeah, what do you I think, think, i Dr. Agree?
2: Totally agree. And I think that um, one of the things that um, we have to um, make sure we do, even in isolation, is call up a friend and call, or you call that friend. Um, keep connected. There, You know, we have, we. this is the worst time, but the best time to be involved in a pandemic because we have great technology now. You, right. can, see, you can see people, you can, you, you know. You I mean, can
1: just, yeah, FaceTime and Skype and Zoom, there's so many ways to see people, which is nice, right? The other. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. That's the next one one is give yourself volunteer your time energy to help someone else you'll feel good about doing something tangible and i totally agree give volunteering your time you know right now of course it's definitely harder to volunteer like we were doing um previously before covid but there's other ways of giving your giving your time there's you know like you were saying dr there's a lot of actually helplines that would love additional help. Um, there, there's so many ways that you can give because right now people are preparing for when things are back to normal or, you know, or what we what we will be the new normal again.
2: I agree. And I think yeah. um, one of the things in loving kindness is to make sure that you, um, when you give kindness, you receive it back. And, and um, giving of oneself, it, even the smallest acts in kindness, is shown to increase your serotonin, which releases the happy feeling. Um, so if you release the happy feeling by giving someone and helping someone, by all means do it. The next one is quiet your mind. Um, primarily, and we talked about this, mindfulness or prayer. Relaxation exercises and prayer can improve your state of mind outlook on life. In fact, research shows that meditation can help you feel calm. We know that. And I ever preached that before you I'm talking, you're hearing me talk preach that a lot of times. But it 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 really does help you get connected spiritually, mentally, and physically. So
1: another one set realistic goals. And um it's deciding on what you want to achieve academically, professionally and personally you know, the idea of writing down steps, um, aiming high, and make it realistic. I think that sometimes we ha- we may, I mean, I think it's great to have, you know, the sky's the limit goals, but make yourself have little rewards along the way so that you're not disappointed that you don't hit the amazing goal right away. So just, you know, make small goals and celebrate them.
2: Right, right. The next, the
1: next one is <laughs> one
2: This means me know the routines make us seem more efficient. Um, take a little change. I mean, some people are so rigid right now with schedules. This is the time to really incorporate flexibility into your life. So, you know, maybe take a different route in jogging. Don't be so predictable. You know, uh, maybe a road trip. Take a walk in a different area. I mean. This is- <laughs>
1: Which is, I know, hard right now, you know, um, because, you know, you're in a lot of places, you are in the state of quarantine in some places. Um, it's harder to to do these these different activities. But, you know, maybe you'll, you know, take a shower instead of a bath. Exactly. <laughs> What about, there's another one that says, avoid alcohol and other drugs. Keep alcohol used to a minimum Other and avoid other drugs. Sometimes people use alcohol and other drugs to self-medicate, but in reality, it aggravates problems.
2: Yeah, it does. You know it, you know exactly what the source of the drug is, right? Alcohol is a depressant, so if you're depressed, you're going to be more depressed. You know, you may have that high first in the space of the sugar, it, and then boom back down so just I think everything in moderation
1: right I think yeah I'm go- this is where I'm going to have to change it up I do feel that everything should be moderation and if you want to enjoy a glass of wine because you're stressed do so you know I mean it, you know you you, you know what's uh, you know like Dr. E said moderation is key mm-hmm. and, and then there's the get the help when you need it yeah Wow. Seeking help is a sign of strength, not a weakness. And Doctor, e, what do you think about that?
2: Absolutely, in fact, true. I mean, when you when you um, it, it again, I mentioned at the very beginning, it's okay not to be okay because right. we're not, we're all a bunch of messes. We just mess in a different way. So, yeah, seek help, get strength. You know, that is your strength by identifying it. It's important to remember that most treatments are effective. You know, people who take care to recover from mental health and addiction lead really rewarding lives so it's not the end you know the end's not the end until the end and then and you, you know, know
1: and, at, and on our website you guys we will have the um resource for stress and mental health link so you can click on this and look at some of these and you know they give you tips and also probably and also give you um ideas of where to turn if you are struggling with mental health right now um so don't feel alone
2: Jay I think we are at break time
1: yes you guys so hold on for that mo- this moment we're going to be back uh, we have a great exciting guest you can always call in at 310-928-7733 again that's 310-928-7733 we will be back in a moment
2: Ladies, radio show, and we have our special guest today, john Giancarlo veteran. uh and he is with the band Overhate. uh His band members weren't able to join, but he's representing all of them. And welcome, welcome, john carlo
3: Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.
2: Of course, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Overhate They're one of the most successful rock bands um, in it, It's and they're in. This is their third record. Um, was that the New Beginnings, or what was it, the New Beginnings Are Mad is the album, but what was the release we just heard? You just heard it, guys, on this, what was it, John Carl? Which one was that they played?
1: It was New Beginnings Are, are Mad, correct?
3: Uh, the name is New Beginnings Are Mad, because uh, when this record was being made, um uh, the thing is that it's a wild ride, this one, because the record was started. We started writing this record back in June of 2014. Yeah. Uh, we we had, and by that day we had a, a different lineup. The only one from that lineup that's still in the band with me is Samir, the bass player. Okay. But the uh, drummer and the guitarist who were with us there uh, at that time they uh, left Venezuela because, well, it's right now it's not a secret that here in Venezuela, the you know. The conditions of living are like uh, very uphill for everybody. So there's a lot of people that uh, went out of the country looking for new horizons.
2: Right. So
3: uh, you know, then the record took a long time to make because after that there was still people there in the country who wanted to play with us because, uh, well, there was still somewhat of a, of a scene in which you could do something with, you know. But then, I had a new lineup and then. That didn't work out. Then I had a second new lineup. Then that didn't work out, and then I have this lineup with with whom I recorded the record, you know, uh, which is uh, Oswaldo Contramaestre on guitar, Samira Costa on bass guitar, and Ronald Aguila on drums, joining me for this record. And mm-hmm. then I called the told them to name the record New Beginnings Are met because it was actually like a new beginning in every aspect of my own life as it was for them because, you know, as I was saying, uh, they all three were living in Venezuela prior. You know, Ronald was from the city of Valencia. I know Ronald from the year 1999 or 2000 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, And then Samir, I met Samir back in... I guess it was 2009 when when we filmed the video for the song No Change Today, which was the single of the record prior to this one. Mm-hmm. And then he joined, he joined the band in 2012 and then he migrated to Canada where Osvaldo lives. Uh, Osvaldo was also living here in Venezuela and migrated to Canada. And mm-hmm. Ronald was living in Venezuela and migrated to Peru where he's living right now. So, you know, it's kind of a... It's, it was kind of that. So I told him, like, hey, I figure we should just call this record New Beginnings Are Met because of all of this, you know? Right. It's, everybody's having, like, some sort of a new beginning in their lives. And, you know.
2: Well, I like rock, so I like that song. I really did. I didn't know if that was the album co- title or the song title, but that's really it was a nice nice tune. And my um, little <laughs> granddaddy loves rock, too, so he would have really loved to hear it if he were up.
3: Oh, <laughs> yeah. well, that's good.
2: Yeah. So tell me a little bit about now now I know that you um this record really did well from what, what I understand. It's, and it's a bit your music's a bit of uh what they call metal and a bit of death metal and um definitely
1: sounds metal. So like how did you get into this this um how did you get into metal? Tell us a little bit about you.
3: Wow. Well that, that one goes back in to nineteen eighty eight. I was eight years old oh. <laughs> Cool. I'll tell you what happened I was uh back then I was living at a here in Venezuela is a you know it's an oil country so yeah. you have uh, oil camps in some areas of the country and my father used to work for the oil company of Venezuela but before it, it was a name like that it had uh, different names uh, and very one name is because it was like a subsidiary to to a, a to like a mother company there but you know we were living in western venezuela at an oil uh, at an, and it, i would say an oil field or something it's where you this company put their workers to live there and then you know it was like a very closed environment and it was really cool i, I really cherish those those moments from my childhood but then we were at school and there was this friend of mine who said like hey you know, my cousin just came from the United States. Just picture this: it was 1988. It was when Metallica was just releasing "Unjustice for All" that record. And mm-hmm. then I went, I, I went to his house, and there was the his cousin was a bit older than us, and he was like, "You guys have to get into this music." And you know, he just played it, and I started listening to the song "Blackened," which is the song that opens the record, and I was like mesmerized. I just can't believe what I was in. I went, this has to be the best music ever created. And from then <laughs> on, I was a little kid. I was bugging my father like, you know dad, I want to buy some Metallica records. When he figured out what Metallica was, was are you crazy? Right. You just- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's when I get into it and then it, uh, it it just kept on growing because the love for metal music developed from then on. When I discovered what thrash metal was like, I mean, Metallica was originally thrash metal, and they were like the creators and the inventors of this genre in the United right. States, or, or so they explain, right? Right. But, but the band that really, you know, blew my mind was when I got to know Creator, which is a band from Germany. They are like, uh, you know, if they have their big four in the States, which is Metallica, Anthrax, Megadeth, and Slayer, they right. often say that... the that the big four in Germany, its creator Tankard, Sodom and Destruction. When I heard Creator, I discovered that band when, with the record comma of Souls, and that, and I said, this. If I ever make a band, it has to be something like this. I mean, Overhead is not quite like that similar to them, even though it is. But, you know, the sound, it just went from there. And, you know, it's one of my main influences and all that. But, you know, the love of metal music just grew from there because I had some friends at high school. And, you know, we all shared the love for this music. And we, you know, exchanged records. And there was at that time in Venezuela, uh, at Sunday night, you had two specialized radio stations, that had from ten at night to to midnight. They gave you a, a, a radio show only for metal music, and there we find out what the new releases were, which were the bands that were playing. I mean, it was so much going on back in the nineties that you know. I guess it just took from there because most of the most of the music I still listen to I discovered by then. Right. <laughs> so,
2: right. yeah, you've been really successful in. in- too with your music. So, what do you attribute that to? I mean, you said that you know if it only is played a certain time, is it really popular there now? The the rock, or is it? You know, how how, how did that happen? How did she? What did well,
3: you do? Venezuela shoot is, is like uh, Venezuela's a little country. If you you know to pick to to get you into the picture, you know, and mm-hmm. they say that because, uh, for metal music is a very very little scene. You know, and, and it, right. it doesn't matter, but that's what that is. And then it started growing because in the two thousand, there were a lot of people that were forming bands and starting to, you know, get out there and play the music like everybody should. But mm-hmm. the thing with Venezuela was that all of a sudden started to see the breed of places to play where they have metal playing, because in Venezuela, they were places to play your music, but they weren't taking metal bands. So, you know, some of the shows were made in other places where you could, you know, do those. I mean, at first in the 90s, it was pretty clandestine, but then when it became in the 2000s, there were a lot of bars that they allowed metal music to happen. And then it started first in Caracas, which is the capital of the city, and to play uh, every other city in Venezuela, they used to make festivals, and then you play in the festival, and it was okay. But then it started going up in mostly the cities started having the bars where you could play metal or maybe they started hosting an annual event, a festival or something where you could go and play. So there was a time where we were only playing our, our local city, which is Caracas. And then all of a sudden we were playing all of the country, which was excellent. And then the best of things is that we did our first two releases. We did a uh, self-release before I met Helmut Wolf and Wolf Entertainment, that is. Wow. so we were touring the country and then we the only way you could get our records was to get it through the band so we were making quite decent money
0: <laughs> okay.
3: and uh then afterwards when when relentless is our strength which is our second record came out uh I was uh, you know I got a a bit more experience and a bit more contact, so most people you know uh, got me to know um some companies that would uh, help us distribute the record all over the country. So we didn't have to travel to take the records to other cities. So we managed to distribute all over Venezuela. So we do a present of 1,000 copies and the first 500 were to be distributed, which was great. And it was quite a surprise because then you were playing uh, Caracas or were playing Valencia or playing Barquisimeto, which are three cities we used to do. And there were some people who would show up at the show and show you the record, say, "Hey, I got this. Could you sign this for me?" And we were like, "Hey, we should be doing something good now." <laughs>
0: right, it was great,
3: right. but then afterwards, with the venezuelan overall economic crisis and the stuff that 's going on right now, it all decayed it it, it it is definitely not what it used to be, but I was having a good a very, very good time with that yeah,
0: yeah.
1: so, so tell me tell me one um, well, Carlos what what kind of you know you, it sounds like you guys were doing really, really some amazing things over in Venezuela. What what was the cooperative process like for you guys? Because, you know, you said you went through, you know, you had different band members and, um, you know, basically your your songs telling uh, the, um, the new beginning of how everything came together. What was the process like?
3: Oh, well, if it was, it wouldn't have a like, two scopes. I mean, in the band, it was that you had to see it, because we were the four guys that were jamming, you know, we we had to we used to rehearse a couple of days a week, so we had Tuesday nights and Thursday nights where we go to the studio and then rehearse, and, you know, you you see your band members every week, you talk on the phone, you know, it was like that kind of Really good thing uh, for a band to have, but then afterwards, when you were here, like, hey, you know, let's go to the beach on Sunday or something, you will start to listen. Dude, it's getting like really tough in the job to find the money to get by. It you all know, like transform into that. Before you had the conversations that every twenty, you know, twenty, twenty-five, twenty-seven-year-old kid would have, you know, to the, you know, it started to let's say, degrade into the conversations that, man, it's like getting really tough to do this, or, well, man, this, uh, where you used to have Sunday barbecues or weekend travel somewhere when you were not touring or doing anything, it started to be like, man, I have to find out what to do because it's getting tougher and tougher. So... That was inside the band. So where you, you start hearing your own band and saying, hey, man, you know what? I have to make a decision because it's getting really tough. I'd, I'd rather go and move out of the country. And that's how it all started. The thing was that, in that uh, if they were to move out of the country, let's say, when we were starting, it wouldn't have been such of a new beginning kind of thing, because when they did, we were the type of band that had the level that, okay, let's say we're going to start writing the new record. Why don't we rent up this studio for a couple of weeks and record all the demos that we have? So we did make it into that level in, in this country. Mm-hmm. But that, you know, it's like we did that, but then, you know, the guys had to go because it was it was tough or whatever. It's like I said, it just went all down, and then, hey, man, are you going to just, like, go there? So started all of these tensions that happens because everybody has their like their realities are changing and you know you just cannot uh, think as a group anymore you either think for yourself and do what you have to do or you either it's like it's like that you just have to take it as it is so you know we had to have that unpleasant conversation in which okay man let's say let's do that you go your way we go ours and uh long story short there's some relationships that get, that that gets trained. Because of that, but well, that's why I said that it's it's like a new beginning and that. And me on a personal level, it was more likely the same, but not not that extreme because I wasn't thinking of emigrating from the country, you know, because I just wasn't. I mean, everything I know and love was here, and uh, you know, everything I wanted to develop was here, so I wasn't really thinking of that. And before before I happened the the curious and interesting thing was that we had the, the chance to tour abroad. So we did see some things that we could say, hey, well, let's move there. But, you know, uh, it, it's like I'm saying every, here in Venezuela, there's a saying that it, it goes like every head is a world on its own. So mm-hmm. that's why the, that's why the first we could take decision as a group, then we couldn't. And then, well, that's what happened. It just grew <laughs> up to there. Even in my life, there was, I mean, I was to... Back in 2015, I, I proposed to the girlfriend I had at the time, and she said yes, and it was all very great. But then one day she woke up and she just gave me back the ring and said, "You know what? I thought it better. I just don't want to get married." And she, so I was like, "What?" I mean, yeah. it was like, it, it was a very wild ride. It was like a roller coaster, I and mean, it, it took it, it took some time for me to you know process all of that and. Uh, maybe that's why the songs of this new record are angrier.
2: I felt not anger just the emotion and the expression of um, uh, what you were feeling or whatever. So I, I I thought it was really great. Um you know, one of you know, I know you're pra- participating in the Wave Music Festival and that's how I got to have the honor yeah. of shows so uh and how my like, is a really good person a good kind <laughs> of art so i was wondering what what made you want to participate in this moment in time in the wave of music festival with all this going on with roma and covid what in the world what finnless of layla was all this going on there what made you decide to want to participate
3: well that too there are two important things to say about that. First is that I, Helmut has had the band in his label for nine years now, or something. Oh wow! So, and he he's been very supported, even though uh, you know we at first couldn't uh, make it that big, you know. But right now it's like if he wanted us to play in the Wave of Love Festival, first of, he's taken the band into consideration for that festival, and that is actually like a window. You know, every and second, every artist is an artist. Because in, in music, you if you create music, that's what you like to do. You know, play it live. So mm-hmm. it's, I think it's a very well. The way Helmut put it, like there is a wave of love and energy that will go around on May 8th of 2000 and 2021, coming all the way from the land down under to. North America, I mean, we. I believe that his vision needs to be, you know, uh, realized. I think it would be very beautiful, a 24-hour music festival that showcases all over the world. It, I mean, some people may be really interested, at least in seeing the bands, because I don't see possible that someone would stay awake 24 hours to see the whole thing, but you know. You know it would be gonna, like a really...
2: We're going to try to. <laughs> <laughs>
3: But, yeah, then again, if we if everything goes as it should and we get to play the festival, I'm sure that we will offer a couple of numbers that are some kind of things that we would love to play universally, you know. there's That's why I was saying that the songs were angrier, because there's, for example, one song on the record. It's the opening track. It's called Realities Collide. And uh, that song is all about what's happening right now, the way... I see it is just a reality clash. Mm-hmm. Everyone has like that but they don't have the tolerance to accept the other one. Right. so it's that that song is kind of like the biggest uh, the biggest teaching I got from life in all of this you know, uh, roller coaster I've been talking about for quite a bit.
1: Well, it's funny, you know, Sean, when I first heard you and I heard the song, right, I was like, oh, wow, when you started talking, you know, Perception, I was like, oh, my gosh, he's such a calming voice. I was expecting, you know, somebody that was like, you know, totally not like somebody that sounds like they sing opera, right? So you're saying that your other profession, you know, was so much of, somewhat interesting. So I wanted you to share, like, what you do besides music.
3: Yeah, I'm... Uh... What I do is, that I'm a pharmacist, that's my education, but what I do is that I'm the regulatory first manager of a laboratory here in Venezuela called Remení. That's what I do. And uh, okay. so it's pretty funny because I didn't say that I played music when I first got the job. So I just started working <laughs> and somehow... I really—it might have been uh, the the eldest son of my boss. Who, well, uh, as as a twenty-five, twenty-something-year-old guy, he's more on social media than all of us will. So he somehow he somehow found out that I played in a band, and he, yeah. you know, apparently he played the video. he's seen to his father, who happens to be my boss, and he called me right away, and say, "What the hell? I'm just seeing you on TV playing guitar and all this." <laughs> <laughs> you know, because you know he said the same Because the, the thing is that when you are in this position you have to you know hold some meetings with kind of important personalities sometimes in the like in the, in the branch that we do so if it's medicine you're the one that are representing the laboratory when you do regulatory affairs and you bring medicines into a country you are the one that your name is on the box of the product and so it's like he just realized he uh, has gotten the responsibility of the pharmaceutical products to a rock star. And that was a <laughs> that was kind of shocking. Yeah, right. That I can, got nothing for weeks. But well.
2: Yeah, we can relate to it. We come from a medical family and my father was a pharmacist. So I had, I, I, I get it. I, a lot of responsibility. People don't realize it's responsibility of a pharmacist and a PharmD. They do so much when it comes to um,
3: regulatory and
2: and actually they know drugs better than doctors at times. So, yeah, that's
3: yeah. Yeah, great. You, you have to. You also have to uh, to see that I come from being also uh, prior to be in regulatory affairs. Mm-hmm. I was a pharmacist that worked at an actual pharmacy. So that means okay. I had I had contact with people and I used to work at a pharmacy that was two blocks away from my house, from my house, two blocks away from my house. When I was there, it was like you become some kind of a personality on your own in that neighborhood because (laughs) of that. (laughs) So... It was quite funny because then when I went, when, for example, I went. There's a club there at, at the neighborhood I live in. When we went to the club, everybody knew who I was, and I was like, "Okay, this is pretty uneasy, right?" <laughs> right. But, uh, because they were asking like, "Hey, you know what? I still need this medicine for my tension and the blood pressure and that. Will you be having it any time soon?" I was okay. I came here to relax and not talk about my job, but you know, all, yeah. all of that, all of that's pretty funny. So.
2: So you had mentioned earlier that, you know, you had some changes with the band, you had some um, struggles in in the country, Um, all of that, you know, we deal a lot with relationships. So all of that is about relationships, you know, how 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 do you keep, you know, in the midst of all the chaos that's going on how do you keep those relationships going to be able to jade asked about the creative process but how do you how do you keep it going enough to get to that final product like that music that song um with all that what 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 kind of techniques did you use and what could,
3: advice that's you quite interesting i have to say because it to answer your question i would have to you know maybe I'll tell you this much because the creative process for me it does have a lot of input from what's going on. But first, if I am um, because if if it comes to the music, sometimes you're just sitting on your house and it's some kind of melody or idea pops in your head. Mm-hmm. But it's the thing, you know. It, when you get to understand what's going on, then you can because there's something that. Uh, could be just a media show or could be some kind of a big circus going on and that wouldn't get you started. But for the creative process of this band, it's, well, lyrically speaking, certainly if you get to understand the situation, you could, the better the lyrics you will write for that, you know? When it comes to the music, it's sometimes that uh, two-day rehearsal week that I told you about with the prior uh, band inception that we used to have is the same right now, but it's like you say, okay, let's wait until that day. And then you, we do it at a distance. We do it using, uh, uh, you know, like Skype, for example, to communicate and all that, but you get to that and you start relaxing when you get the guitar and then you, you know, start discussing how this song should be like this. And then you get into that, like saying, man, I mean, it should be like, you know what's happened with COVID-19 and then came these people, they took this decision, and, you know, it's like trying to channel all that. Then I mean, you somewhat get into it that if you present a riff, then some of the guys will say, man, if you wanted to make it sound what, like what you just explained, let's make it a bit angrier, and then you... That's how you evolve to the finished product because you, you just like discuss your ideas back and forth but then there comes to uh to a point in which it really gets starts like making sense i mean it's i don't know if you're getting where i'm going but
1: (laughs) you know know, it's a process and it it takes a team to kind of get together and you know i used i i still kind of dabble in writing music myself and i i know that sometimes you get a melody and um, it helps with all those different influences how the song can evolve. So I, I get what you're saying.
3: Yeah, because it's like uh, you just said it like right. It's a kind of a relationship kind of thing. Kind of thing. But the thing is like you sit down with the drummer, for example. and I tell Ronald like, you know, man, I I got this riff. You play it to him. So he's by the time we play it to him, he's already making a beat to that. So that riff you just showed him. But the thing is like. And I just got really angry the other day because that idea came because this isn't that. And then it starts saying, well, if you're going to make it. When he gives me his input about that, it's like where the magic happens. Because he says, man, if you want to make it sound like that, I will really translate it into something like this. Boom. And then when he comes back with that, you say, okay, man, I wasn't seeing like that. And then you go and all of a sudden, because that's the way we work. First, there's like a cake of ideas there. And then when I have to write the lyrics to the song, that's when I need to give it a certain order, because okay. you know there are, there are riffs in the in a song with which I feel more comfortable doing a verse to, but there are definitely other riffs that get so stuck into your head that you say, man, this has to be the chorus, and then you start, you know, you get like working on the melody or on the or on the vocal pattern until you make it work and then this has got to be like this and you know all of a sudden you have a song not necessarily using all of the ideas that you were working it's kind of cool i mean those days in which you get to work together it, it simply you just let it go i mean it, whatever is going on because it doesn't mean that i live stressed all the time but you know it, it in order to in order to get relaxed and write really good music and move on to a finished product, I would really say that that's the way it happens, you know. And uh, it's it's really good to work with people who believe in the band that they're playing in, and they also like what they're doing, because some people may not like the riff that you give them, but still have to go with it because of, you know, because they play in the band or whatever. I mean, it, it's like, it's kind of that that's that's how we write the music that's how it actually works
1: right so you know you, you were talking about like how the your process goes and everything what do you you know being that you've you know but you know loved this music since the 80s and you've kind of had an evolution of music um of yourself and your band who are some people that you would most you know you would love to collaborate with in the future
3: wow well uh, if uh, really uh, i'm not really sure what to say to that because if it were for me to collaborate with the artist i like i would definitely love to collaborate music with king diamond
0: <laughs>
3: okay, cool. I, I mean that he's well, at least what you get through the music that he does is that he's so creative in that thing, and the way he makes the songs and stuff is like something I when I always get to listen to a record that he makes, it's always like a trip, that thing. I mean, I really like it. Because... The Danish, the that, that was, yeah, his Danish. That would be one or maybe to work with... Uh, you know, that not necessarily has to be death metal, but, you know, to work with someone uh, from the Wolf Entertainment back catalog will be really good because there's some really good artists in there. I mean, they put out like really inspirational music out there, you know, nice. and and Helmut, Helmut recently released one record, which is like a, uh, there's a singer singing to an orchestral thing there. Well, that one blew my mind away, too. I mean, it's. Oh. It, There's also a pianist who I really like. His name is Tigran Hamasyan. He's from Mm -hmm. Armenia or something. He's a jazz pianist, but his music, wow. I mean, if I get to collaborate with some kind of artist like that, it will really be really cool. I mean, it should be really cool just to to get out of my comfort zone and, you know, do other things.
1: span your horizons with your musical abilities.
3: Certainly, certainly.
2: We're at right almost at the close, but I wanted to ask you to share with, is there anything you want uh, your fans or people that are on the line to know about you? And, and if you could kind of recap on when you're going to play in the Wave of Love Music Festival, what time? And your contact think, info. And your contact
3: info. Yeah. Would that be?
1: So that people could find you if um, for future engagements.
3: Yeah, well uh our social media, everything is at overhead band. I mean that goes for Twitter is at overhead band, Instagram is at OverhateBand. band, Facebook, it would be, you know, facebook.com dot for slash overhead band or official webpage is uh overhateband.com. You know, that that's that's us everywhere. And um uh, you know, right now, the only thing I would say to people is that, hey, you, you have to stay safe because with this kind of virus that we have, it kind of calms down when people really understand that they have to stay home or either use the, the masks or shields or whatever it is that you're using to protect yourself from it and, you know, do your hygiene and thing. But we really have to take this seriously because otherwise live music or anything, human contact in particular, wouldn't be coming back. And I don't know about you, but- to miss my friends.
1: <laughs> I know. Me too. It's like a
2: short-term
3: yeah.
2: short isolation for long-term gain, right? And people don't realize. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. And uh, we're playing the Wave of Love Festival on May 8th, 2021 at 7 p.m. But before that, we're playing on October the 24th. That will be about three weeks from now. We're playing the Pandemic Terror Fest number four that cool. will be broadcasting that will be broadcasting that day it it has several timelines whatever part of the world you're at you just come into our page so you can see the flyer if you want to see the band live that is because you will see the band live at a distance but it's a live show nonetheless and you should all be watching that sure.
2: <laughs> all right well thank you so much for joining we really enjoyed meeting you and getting to know you and And if if the pandemic wasn't on, Jay and I would take a trip down there and just be there live. But right
1: now, but I'll go into the the website and definitely watch the show.
3: (laughs) Cool. You would definitely love it here if you ever come or have the chance. But that's nice. If everything goes the way we have planned, you will definitely be seeing us in Europe. But it was planned for May. It was planned for May, June next year, but uh, or promoted and informed us that it will be moving for October, November. But it's okay. still in the works. So if it does happen, you will see us live there. And, well, if I'll shout you an email see if we can meet in person. Thank you very That'd much for awesome. having me. We're
2: in Netherlands, and you know where to find us. So thank you again for coming
1: on. We yeah, appreciate thank you so much, Juan, for your time tonight. It was great talking to you and hearing more about you.
3: Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Greetings from Venezuela to everybody.
1: Okay. Bye.
3: Bye. Bye. Goodbye.
2: Kind soul, kind soul.
1: Yeah, really yeah. cool. I mean, you know, that's it's so funny how perceptions are, right? His voice is so so calming, and it shows how you know, there's so many different energies how music touches everybody differently. I love I love what he does. Um wow.
2: Things of pharmacists that kind of just in my heart because of dead, right? You know, right? Oh, so it's like yeah, automatically gravitated to them. Yeah, I have so, the utmost respect for that profession, and they don't have a lot here in the Netherlands, which is important because uh, they do a lot of work, good work. So Jay, uh, I know we're at the close. Any, anything um, you know um, you want to share with the audience? Um, um, and I can share something my thoughts, closing thoughts, but I wondered if you wanted to share something at the close when it was up two or three minutes.
1: Yeah, you know, I I was just looking up um, some things, you know, there's so much going on in the world right now, and there's, you know, so many people that need just some positivity. So, you know, we were talking about mental health today, and you guys, like we said, we're going to put a couple of different sites on our website just, um, uh, for you to look back on uh, so that you can, if you are dealing with any kind of mental illness, um, that you can um, have somewhere to turn to. Always remember you're not alone. And um, that's all I have to say.
2: I just, I just say, I have been very active with, you know, spreading the word about kindness this month because, I, you know, I, I just want people to know that you know, when we speak kindness, we speak love, we listen to with other, others with patience and compassion. Um, we do this because we want to be generous and we don't do it thinking we're going to get anything. So it is a virtue and it's to be valued. So I, I think Agree. to just give some kindness out there this week sometime. Yeah.
1: beautiful. Well, you guys, please do go to www.strategicladies.com for more information on... Juan Carlo um, and Overheat and all of our other podcasts and information on our Mindful Media Journal, you can always email us at write WRTIE, the number two at strategicladies.com yep. and Thank you
2: so much for joining and we give them love out there and be
1: safe. Be safe. Be kind. Bye, guys.